0: Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade? They don't last forever, you know. Well, the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that. So if you're locked out on a Thursday and need a locksmith, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. DNC's apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details. On the record, on news talk with Penergy, supplying energy with insights to forward-thinking Irish businesses.
1: The name Fergus McCabe might not mean very much to you especially if you're not a Dubliner but if you're from the north side of the Liffey or even from certain patches north side of the Liffey it's a name that might matter to you quite a deal in fact there's some north side residents like Mary Lou MacDonald Pascal Donoghue Gary Gannon uh, even some fella who lives in the park called Michael D. Higgins uh, all paying tribute to this man when his death was announced earlier this week Um, his is a name which isn't widely known outside of his own community I think it's fair to say that community being North Inner City Dublin but he was a serious player in Irish politics in the closing decades of the 20th century and he was at the heart of something which we've all come to know even by its shorthand name the Gregory Deal a landmark moment in Irish political history and Donald Fallon has dropped in to tell us more about him Donald good afternoon Good, to be, here. good uh, to be here High praise this week for many quarters for Fergus McCabe Yeah
2: and I think Fergus McCabe is, is a reminder that you know much real political decision making doesn't happen inside the chambers of the Dáil or even mm. in Leinster House it happens in, in the broader sphere of, of politics and you know it's a rare uh, RIP.A notification as. As, as Fergus McCabe's, which noted hope over cynicism, prevention over cure. The story of his life is the story of a community, the North Inner City, uh, which he devoted so much of his life to. But you know, it was interesting to note that when news of his passing was heard uh, this week, the the praise and reflection you know posted to social media from the highest political office in the land, right down to local councillors, for someone who was you know a titan within a specific community and at times had incredible political power in the the broader sense, but mightn't be known outside of it. Mm. And in the words of Michael D. Higgins, he said, the great gift of Fergus McCabe was his genius in moving commitments on paper into the practical lives of members of communities. Ultimately, what every politician wants to do is to make these things a reality. While McCabe wasn't an elected politician, he was an enormously important political
1: figure. Well, it's a tremendous skill to be able to do to turn practical commitments on paper into the practice in people's lives because that is really the acid test of how politics gets done and many a politician has been burnt by getting something on paper and then not delivering it in real life. Uh, Above all else, as you mentioned, he is remembered for his role in brokering the Gregory deal.
2: Yeah, if there's one specific moment in his life that, that, he, that with which the name is associated, it is that landmark deal. It's the stuff of political legend. It's even been brought to the stage uh, in recent years. Sean Murphy's really excellent play, He Gregory. And I think Tony Gregory and, and Fergus McCabe, they were similar, but they were different. You know, like all good kind of political mm. uh, alliances. Gregory was Republican in Outlook. Uh, McCabe not so much and as uh, as Gregory's biographer Robbie Gilligan puts it you know they they didn't agree on everything Robbie writes a strong area of difference with Tony was Fergus's support for the European community Fergus considered Europe as having a liberating effect on Irish politics and social policy whereas Tony was strongly opposed to the erosion of national so- sovereignty that he felt European integration involved so there were, there were some yeah. differences there
1: that's a, that's a really brilliant just two sentence summary of uh, everyone's yeah. <laughs> sort of divergences about the European <laughs> Union and whether it's a good offer it's such a lovely little eloquent receipt. Um ultimately thankfully though uh, in, in their own instance because they're much more locally oriented politicians debates like that exactly. didn't matter too Look, much do to them the,
2: the EEC and you know no EEC painted on every wall in, in the inner city that was, the European question was a debate among the left but it wasn't really a debate that mattered in the day to day lives of people you know in the north inner city those kind of you know, debates on Brussels were of little importance in political activism that was really dominated by by local issues, you know, on the ground. And Gregory built a machine that, you know, in some ways still impacts Irish politics today. People mm. talk about political machines like, like the Healy Rays, you know, in, in rural Ireland. But in Dublin, the Gregory machine was was phenomenal. And, you know, we still have people active in politics in recent years that came out of that gene pool. Yeah, Maureen yeah. O'Sullivan, also Gary Gannon, you know, very close in his youth to the, to the Gregory group. So the Gregory School of Politics was all about kind of exerting political pressure and it was hard to do that in areas that traditionally had very low voter turnout you know mm. the vote may not have been there but the emphasis was on building something which would grab attention and ultimately you hoped and you prayed would translate into votes in the box.
1: And when it came then to trying to build something that grabbed attention the important thing is not to make it look like this is just a two bit operation of two fellas from the north inner city who are just trying to agitate for stuff and they did together have a bit of a knack for appearing like a way bigger operation than they were.
2: Because sometimes you know politicians in the doll today we go back to the the kind of Hilly Rays you want to appear like a one man machine you know I am the person who will get this I am the person who will save the hospital build a library whatever it may be. Tony Gregory was the opposite of that he wanted to give the impression in the press that this was something massive You know, there were were just endless people in the Gregory group. So when he's elected a councillor in 79, Fergus McCabe is interviewed in the Irish Times. And he says, you can make the best reasoned argument in the world, but if you have not got muscle, they will not give a damn. The only way to get even small change is being a nuisance. A lot of journalists found this really, really annoying. You know, you wanted to interview this maverick councillor, Tony Gregory, and instead you got McRafferty or Fergus McCabe, Mm. you know, people on the ground, on the phone. But that was really carefully crafted politics and designed to give a sense of massive political... um, Uh, influence and power and Gregory's rise is kind of meteoric in Irish political terms I mean he's a councillor in 1979 and then he's a TD by 1982 that's the dream of every councillor isn't it that you do maybe three years on the city council or the county council and then you're sitting in the
1: doll. Yeah, and only about uh, three and a half years in between that for that election held in February 1982 and that was an election which was caused ultimately by yeah. the big hot topic issue of it's 1982 a, it, Children's Shoes. It's a shoes. great table
2: quiz question you know, what caused the 1982 general election? And over the overwhelming response to the question is that on children's shoes of all things. But it was a remarkable election because I mean the two giants of Irish 20th century political history that, that were still standing anyway, Charles Haughey in one corner Gareth Fitzgerald uh, in the other. Mm. But the public were angry you know, and I think that anger was reflected in you know you had three workers party TDs elected and Tony Gregory in the north inner city and the idea that Gregory or the people around him operated a kind of hyper-parochial politics, that was often said, even as early as 82, you know, this guy only cares about the north Yeah, there city. was a
1: view that it was all a clientelist thing, that he didn't care about the world at large, he only cared about what was That's within his, his district and that was it.
2: Kind of glorified county councillors. So, yeah. you know, some people still have that view of certain, of certain TDs. But Gregory said, look, Dublin's inner city holds no monopoly on poverty and injustice. The inner city possibly suffers its most acute levels, but the inequality and injustice is mirrored throughout Irish uh, society. And there was little that kind of Gregory McCabe and those around them could do about the nationwide issues, but they did now have a particular opportunity to do something about the problems in their own backyard. hahi needed votes, Gregory. Mm.
1: Uh, the funny thing about the story on the VAT on children's shoes, although that was the, the, the issue in principle that brought the whole thing down, if you go back, and this is where I really get to indulge my parliamentary nerd, <laughs> ad, so so bear with me for a second. If you go back and look at the votes that took place on that budget that brought the previous government down, which resulted in that election, although it was, yes, Jim Kemmy and a few others had an issue with VAT on children's shoes, and that was the point of principle on which they said no. The very first vote that was held on that budget night, which was defeated, and then which, which became... Budget 82 became election 82. The actual vote that brought it down was on raising the price of drink. There you go. Uh, the very first one that <laughs> night, and and they had already lost the votes because they they had pulled out on a point of principle. But the actual vote that took place on a matter of financial supply, which brought down Garrett Fitzgerald's government, was Brilliant. actually raising the price Brilliant. of a drink. Uh, there ends my little uh, my my total tangent there. Um, going back to the substantive issue we're talking about and some of the the uh, the poverty and injustice, uh, things had to be fair. They'd gotten very they, bad in Gregory's own constituency.
2: I mean, they would spiraled out of control. It's estimated there were five thousand people addicted to heroin in in Dublin in nineteen eighty two, and it's hard. To Actually have it's a, not a, a very
1: big city then a, either. It's not at
2: all. And it's hard to have an accurate number because there wasn't really much in the way of facilities to to, to, to help addicts. But the, the estimation is about 5,000 people. And in this year, the year of the election, the, the kind of issue becomes nearly global. There's a, a priest called pa, uh, Father Paul Lavelle and he brings over to Dublin Monsignor O'Brien from New York City. He ran the, the world's most significant drug rehabilitation centre in New York. And Monsignor O'Brien, who arrives from, from, you know, this is someone who works in the Bronx, who works in Queens, Mm. walks around the streets of Dublin and he's visibly shocked by what he sees here, you know. And this is front page news on the other side of the world. So things had fallen into place on one level kind of perfectly, you know, heroin was now this unavoidable political issue. the north inner city was you know in the, in the press and the doll was split. Hahi needs support and Gregory's community obviously very badly needs mm. needs money but you know Hahi it should be said, uh, played the issue brilliantly. Hahi was a fantastic political operator and he went into the north inner city himself and he insisted that you know any deal that was going to be discussed between Gregory and Hahi would be discussed in the heart of the community that it concerned. Sure yeah. so that kind of robbed Gregory. McCabe and Rafferty of the chance to be seen walking into the doll, you know, kind of these working class mavericks yeah. from the inner city parading with, with
1: into... no necktie. Controversially, Ex- as exactly well, yeah. Yeah, that was
2: always a Gregory thing, wasn't it? The lack of a necktie, yeah.
1: but instead
2: how oh, he takes the the, the political uh, headlines, if you will, and he presents himself as someone going into the heart of the issue and addressing issues head on. I think Hahi won a lot of admiration in Dublin for doing that and definitely Fianna Fáil, you know, a party with a strong bedrock of support in, in, in working-class Dublin at that time. I think they loved the optics of Hahi and they were kind of saying, you know, Hahi's going where uh, where Fitzgerald wouldn't dare go into yeah. the heart of, of, of Summerhill.
1: Well, there was another uh, optics bit and this was a fairly legendary exchange between Hahi and Gregory and in hindsight, it may actually have been influenced by the fact that Hahi decided, no, I'm going to be the one who crosses the river to go to the north side. We're not going to do this in government buildings or in Leinster House uh, because there was a legendary exchange about how many people would be sitting around the table. It's brilliant. you know.
2: Gregory's trying to give the impression that there's a massive operation here and he says to Hahi, I'll have four or five people with me. And Hahi responds, that's fine, you can have as many as you like, I'll have nobody with me. And apparently Bertie drops Hahi off in the heart of the Northern city. But McCabe later rem- remembered it was quite brave uh, of Hahi. Well, the deal was absolutely remarkable because no one really knew what was in it. You know, McGill at the time said, as far as political deals go, Tony Gregory's deal for Dublin was among the most thought-out of political bargains. Its strengths lie in the simple fact Gregory knows Dublin and its problems better than most. Its weaknesses lie in the fact that it's a last-minute deal, not a plan that was studied, costed, discussed, and finalised as being in the best interests of the people of Dublin. So mm. no one really knew, you know, what was what was in it. But you know, Haigh's parting words to Gregory's team were brilliant. He said, "Fergus McCabe recounted that when Haughey left for the last time, his parting words were." As Al Capone once said, it was good doing business with you.
1: <laughs> if ever there were words that you, you would put into the mouth of Charlie <laughs> I with the way he's been perceived in some of the decades since, that is remarkable. Um, and of course, you mentioned, by the way, again, that the, the deal was secret, but I think there were some estimates and bear in mind, this is 1982 yeah. money. There are some estimates that that the deal, the extent of the commitments in the deal were hundreds of millions it's of extraordinary. pounds, which is At least 100 a hundred million. And I mean, huge... in, the,
2: in the money of, of 1982, it's just remarkable yeah, it's, money. Yeah, it's a
1: huge ransom for, for any one TD to be able to draw for their support for a government. But of course, within months, Ireland was voting again and he had lost the reins, and the deal was done.
2: A a strange year in Irish politics, you know, and and there were two elections that year, the second casting Haughey from power in in November. So, February and November, we went to the polls. But a lot of what was promised in the deal was still delivered. And I think Fitzgerald, when he came to power, was uncomfortable with the provisions that had been promised. Uh, But while not everything was provided, and I think Haughey's loss of power did definitely lead to reductions in the deal, the bones of it remained. And historians are going to look back on this. I think the, the great Joe Lee. Uh, insisted that critics denounced the idea of a special deal as disgraceful, debasing the political coinage. But what was disgraceful in this case was less the deal than the fact it needed a deal. You know, he argued that yes, this, you know, yeah, this yeah. it should never have got this bad uh, in the North Inner City.
1: No, it's a very, very fair point. Uh, McCabe, uh, for his own part, he remained uh, active right up until the end of his life. In he did circle. like
2: up to weeks ago. He was he was still you know actively working in the community. And it's a real pity. It's unfortunate that you know current restrictions mean he, he won't be afforded that kind of enormous public funeral in the North Inner City that they give him in normal times. But I think the greatest tribute to someone like McCabe and those like him is just found in the fact that so many community projects and, you know, facilities that he was involved in, they're still up and running. Uh, today yeah, that's I'd, remarkable
1: I had calls to go and look at his uh, his RIP notification when you mentioned it in your notes when you sent them over this morning and I liked that the the, the couplet that you mentioned at the start hope over cynicism prevention over cure the last line of that little invocation is and spurs above everything else which was quite <laughs> nice but also that at the end where they say you know this is the, the web link where you'll be able to watch the funeral if you care to tune in they don't look for donations to any cause in his memory they just say be kind to someone else and be kind in there his memory go. and that's a very nice legacy uh, to leave the life and times of Fergus McCabe as explained by Donal Fallon who is the author of the Come Here To Me books and the presenter of the Three Castles Burning podcast
0: Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade? They don't last forever you know Well the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that So if you're locked out on a Thursday and need a locksmith, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. TNCs apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details.